Hi everyone. Um, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Uh, really grateful for all of you all to be a part of the community, and really appreciate the time and effort that you all take to read our newsletter. And we've been getting a lot of positive feedback about the podcast. Thank you so much for that. Today we have Eric here with us, and some background into Eric. Eric is the founder of Beard Brand, um, a very popular brand in North America. for the wellness of men and they've been doing really really well and their story has been like heard in lots of places and we are very honored to have Eric here with us today thank you Eric and welcome to the show thanks for having me man excited uh, to be on here thank you thank you Eric and how are you doing doing well doing well it's beautiful weather here in Austin Texas That's and uh, yeah i got a lot of work ahead of me so uh, life is pretty interesting at the current time that's that's great to hear <laughs> uh the but the weather seems to be like you know quite good in that side of uh, uh the world for sure like oh here in london right now it's like you know freezing it was really sunny last week and we are looking at like let's say like one or two degrees like this week which is kind of crazy but yeah <laughs> yeah we're uh, we're we're in our sweet spot right now before the summer becomes uh, a little unbearable but uh Yeah, yeah, I feel very fortunate. Uh, the sun is out and and uh, uh for our listeners, I got my big old Texas cowboy hat on. So, rocking yeah. the part. <laughs> I I I love Texas. I have a lot of family in Texas and I'm really looking forward to visiting it sometime hopefully this year or next year. Yeah. So, Eric, I mean like your story is being like something that you know a lot of people like look up to and they've uh, seen your journey like from the time that you started out and to how you built your company today um so kind of like a curious question right like what made you start out in 2012 with a model like this yeah well uh, nothing made me start you know i think that the the one thing about me personally is i'm really drawn to entrepreneurship i'm i'm a terrible employee i don't kind of take well to somebody else's vision i'm very vision uh focused and i feel like that's kind of the role that i need to be in I used to work as a financial advisor at a mega bank and they have expectations for kind of how you should look and dress and um you know I I wasn't entirely in line with those if you could imagine uh or if you can see the way that I look now is probably quite quite different than your typical financial advisors <laughs> yeah and uh what happens I grew my I I quit working there and then I grew my beard out and uh I noticed at the time I was um getting called duck dynasty or zz top and uh, grizzly adams and these are all like cool dudes but uh, you know I'm a former financial advisor I'm kind of like a designer I'm a marketer I'm like a very much uh, not of those stereotypes uh and I realized that there is a, a burgeoning community of of people who didn't fit that traditional stereotype of of what a bearded guy was and I kind of went out on a mission to give that community the tools they needed to feel confident about their style. So that meant a a lot of education through our YouTube channel, our blog, um inspiration photos through our Tumblr page, of course our email newsletter. And then um uh eventually that uh, meant we we launched some products, grooming products to be able to help them as well and uh we're an entirely bootstrap company. We started with about 30 bucks. for a Shopify template and then uh, any dollar we made we put back in the business and you know have have grown to where we are now that's that's amazing to hear that i mean you've actually taken the route of like true community building rather than just trying to 
push and sell to someone which i think is beautiful by itself because that's yeah, it's, it's it's not it's not easy and it's it's certainly a, a long long term vision and you know community building you know i think people talk about it a lot of times and it means different things to to different people and i i think you know when i really think about community i think about being able to attract kind of like-minded people and, and be a support network for them so your community that you build it could be a send in an email newsletter out and you know it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be putting on events or having a facebook group um it can kind of be more from a leadership standpoint where you you just build this persona that people can identify with completely completely agree with you it's 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 a place where they seem to connect and feel heard at primarily i would say right i mean because like you said i mean around the time of like um, in the early uh, 2000s right i mean that was when the whole trend was like coming into like where people could you know be themselves and like you know like flaunt and show like you know the way that they wanted to be and i mean a lot of people always look at like you know having a beard is probably like being messy which i honestly think is not like i love growing my beard out and like doing things right it it really brings out a different persona as such also and i feel a lot of people couldn't like connect that time and what you built out was more of like let's say something that they could like come into and like connect and be themselves which which i think is like really amazing and and it's surely not easy for a lot of consumer brands to try to do that because i mean let's take it like if you're trying to like start out a ready to uh, drink company right maybe like with adopter gens or probably like healthy for the gut kind of like concept yes it does kind of like you know you do still build a community there but i guess lifestyle is very different from let's say like you know a uh, consumer as such in that standpoint yeah it's uh, you know like the, the way we look at things are probably different than a lot of companies most companies are like oh we should we should build a community because then we'll be able to sell more products and grow that way and build awareness whereas we look at um having and building the community and uh we sell products to be able to fund the growth of our community to be able to support more uh members within the community and and help them out and uh, in a perfect world like i i really don't care if you buy our products or not what i care about is if you take the time to invest in yourself if if you kind of that you care about uh really like the the deep down core values that we talk about within our brand and our mission and that you apply those to yourself and to your life because i believe that when uh you work to become a better person uh you become a better father a better spouse a better you know team member a better community member and ultimately through a lot of individuals improving themselves we're able to make society a better more loving healthier uh place and uh most people think about the the solution to to improving society is through this like top down and oh let's pass regulations or pass these laws and make everyone do what i want to do and i have a completely different take where i focus on the individual and and how do i help the individual and then through growth of the individual that will be reflective into what society can uh, potentially be so um i don't think a lot of people do that and i think it kind of helps us stand out as well with our perception of the world 100% i mean uh 
I, I usually do this thing, like, you know, like just sort of curiosity and like always tend to study the company before I, you know, even tend to ask questions. So like, I just ran a quick search on SCM Rush before the call. And I noticed that there's a lot of traffic for your uh, like website coming from like a country like uh, India, which was, you know, very interesting and shocking to see. Right. And it's, um, let's say like a country uh, like India is a place like where people tend to always be like, hey, like this guy is growing a beard and he's probably not the kind of guy who's going to be very like, you know, trustworthy or something. He probably like seems like a guy who's just like, you know, just taking it easy and not serious. Right. Which was like shocking to see the numbers. And I think like that's huge amount of impact, like that you're driving to the other side of the world, sitting on this side. So I think that's, that's really cool. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like whoever we can help, wherever we can help, um, I, I'm happy to help. I uh, uh, I did a trip to India many years ago, 2011, and uh, just the most lovely people. And I'm sure there's a lot of nuances to the culture that me as a foreigner uh, didn't pick up on. But uh, it was very evident to me why, you know, so much customer service call centers went over there just because the people are so kind and so caring and uh, so helpful. Uh, I really love my time there. Yeah, it's a, it's a lovely country. There's, there's a lot to see there. I mean, being an Indian myself, I haven't done my fair share of traveling over there, but I've, <laughs> but I guess over time soon. <laughs> so, uh, Eric, I mean, like you've taken the route of building a community and then like, you know, getting products into the space over there. Right. And this whole journey has been interesting and I'm sure it's not been easy at all, right? So how was the whole zero to one for you when you launched the product and how was how was it when you, let's say, like implemented the whole feedback loop also? Like, because since you already had a community, you were able to get direct feedback and uh, optimize and like build for them accordingly, right? So how was that whole process that time? Yeah, in the early days, uh, I would say we, we really built the, the community simultaneously. Uh, with building the the business, we we had like a small following on YouTube before, you know, we launched our e-commerce store about 300 people. So it wasn't like we were, you know, had this following of hundreds of thousands of people and then you launched a product. So uh, the community and uh, the company grew simultaneously. And, you know, I, I feel like uh, hard work and luck are, are kind of like uh, the things that go together. You know, it was really good timing. It was the right message to the right people. You know, Shopify was just getting off the ground. So we were able to build a, an e-commerce store without a lot of uh, investment. Um, I had uh, done a, a project with uh, Magento Commerce before, and there was just a, a lot more brain energy and hassle to, to run a Magento store versus Shopify. So we were able to get started like super lean. You know, like I said, that $30 subscription from Shopify and, and uh, just trying to get the word out there. And for us, you know, we, we saw a lot of growth because um, I feel like I was, I was pretty lucky to be able to be, you know, customer number one. We, we use the term urban beersman to kind of describe like our, our early customers. And since I was urban beersman number one and I'm very um, outgoing and, you know, not private for lack of better terms, I was just sharing everything on Reddit, on social media and making videos. I was just everywhere. And, you know, the nature of being early is the benefit. There's not a lot of competition. So you're kind of the de facto game in town. And we were able to, to grow pretty rapidly for a bootstrap company. By the end of the year, we were, we're on a million dollar run rate, um, which, you know, in hindsight, 
didn't seem like we were growing that fast, but uh, it, it it's not something that a lot of companies do, and, and I don't think is necessarily uh, realistic expectations for someone out there to hear, oh, yeah, I could be doing a million dollars run rate in one year. I think a lot of things in you know, market fit that are uh, a really big component in being able to, to have that kind of growth. Completely. Yeah. That's slow and steady wins the race, right? I mean, that's, that's usually the line that, you know, a lot of people find it hard to like, you know, digest, but even in my case, I've always tend to like rush things. I mean, even from a standpoint of being an entrepreneur, like I feel at times if I could have chosen to like, you know, be slow and steady, I could have probably problem solved and like crossed it way more better. So that, that's surely something, you know, wonderful input, which a lot of like listeners can try to take out the fact that, you know, Going from zero to one is not the rush, but the steady state of like understanding the problem, which which is really really interesting. <laughs> there's a there's a saying that I heard from somebody, and I wish I could remember who told me or where I ran across it. But the saying is, "There's always room at the top." So, um, if you are on a mission to develop the best product or the best community or the best resources, there is always going to be market opportunity for the best. Um, the middle, I think is where everything gets competitive. And then of course, you know, uh, the, the, the low price is like a race to the bottom. It's uh, a pretty challenging thing. So, you know, we always, to the best of our abilities, thought about how we could put additional resources into the things we do so that we could be, um, perceived by our customers as the best. And the best is a completely arbitrary thing that that you have to define as an entrepreneur uh, for your customers. And some customers will will value that and some won't, you know, like we have a person who will give style advice for free, whether it be your clothes, your beard, your mustache, your hair, you, you send him a text and he will tell you um, what kind of clothes to pick out and he'll give you options for that. Like who does that? Uh, not a lot of companies, uh, or if they do it, do the, they're, they're paying for it or they're, they're placing orders for you. So, um, those are kind of the small things that really, you know, are our North light to kind of, or, or North star to kind of follow, to make sure we're on the pathway, uh, towards bringing value in the marketplace rather than just another of the thousands of options out there for consumers. Hundred percentage. It's, it's, it's a concept of value, not just being the product, but in the other things that come that, you know, bring together the whole experience for the customer. That's, that's interesting. Uh, like, you know, in, in, in the last like 15 minutes of what I'm able to even like understand is that has a core, right? I think a core value for you and your company has like been, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, has always been about uh, delighting a customer, not just by, you know, them trying to use a product, but like value for them in like some form, like knowledge or like, you know, like for example, even the kind of like motivation or, uh, or like a guiding light to, you know, go towards this direction and do what they want to do. Correct. Right. I mean, like, I mean, th that seems to yeah, be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like uh, the way we look at things is, um, we kind of recognize that there's risk in the marketplace for consumers to, to purchase products and we want to take away uh, a lot of that risk. So one of the ways that we do that is first by trying to build trust and, and we build trust by, by providing information. Uh, trust is one of our core values. So we, we provide education and, and information to, to consumers so they can learn how to care for their beard. And then they see through this information that they 
they they learned from us and then they applied it to themselves and then they're like, oh, holy crap, my beard looks better than it's ever looked. We've developed that trust. And then hopefully, but not always, yeah. uh, they say, thank you for that that information. I'm gonna buy some of your products and support your company. Um, but again, if they choose not to, that's also fine. You know, what what really matters to us is that they're leveling up and they're 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 loving the man looking back at them in the mirror. And they've used either our education or our tools. Um, but along that, we also do, you know, we're, I lean more towards like an inspirational brand. You know, I, I like to, to show off, um, you know, people who have found success, who have overcome. And, and obviously, uh, this includes people from all different walks of life and body shapes and styles and backgrounds and whatnot. But, but still like, uh, I, I do have an expectation in my own personal life to be excellent and to achieve and and to improve. And, and, and it, it doesn't mean that it has to be through work. It doesn't mean it has to be through like material possessions. But you, I do strongly believe that you need to have purpose in life. And it can be becoming a better father. It can be becoming a better, you know, person for your community, uh, you know, a leader for, for charitable causes. But um I'm not the type of person who's attracted towards uh, apathy and laziness and, you know, just like floating through life. And, and I hopefully uh, attract those type of people who are looking to, uh, you know, embark on this journey of life that we all only get, you know, 80 years on this planet. You know, how do we make sure that we're doing the best, uh, most impactful thing? I'm going on like a little philosophical tangent because I think a lot of things, a lot of fears for people right now yeah. is that they have, they have lived a, a life without purpose and they're afraid of dying. Uh, and they take this fear of dying and they, 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 it manifests in so many different ways where they're so afraid of dying that they then stop being afraid to live or then they, they no longer are allowed to live. You know, they have this, this intense fear. And I think the, the, the pandemic was a, uh, like kind of like this, this explosion of, of, of these in, internal desires or, or fears of, of dying because they're leaving such a purpose, purposeless life. Um, so I encourage people, like, if you don't have that purpose, that's okay, but embark upon it and don't be afraid in life to, to, to be able to chase after that, you know, and, and be willing to, to risk losing things. You know, sometimes when you, you chase your passions, you have to end relationships with people. Like, you know, friends can no longer be your friends because they're holding you back. Like you have to be able to, to do hard things like that. Um, but if you don't have that in life, um, you know, you just kind of live this soulless existence, uh, in my opinion. You're like a million percentage true. I mean, I wish there was like a number like that, but but the thing is, yeah, it's your hundred percent right. Like a lot of people don't have purpose, and then they kind of like get lost with it. But coming back to that point, right? Like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong with this particular data point. In the end of 2020 and early 2021, there were trends that showed, right? Like where a lot of consumer brands, like for example, if you take like um, like beard brand itself as such, right? It brought purpose into people's life where they wanted to grow a beard during this time and experience a whole new side to themselves, right? I mean, likewise, there were a lot of other brands in different areas too. Like there were like other wellness brands, like people chose to like, let's say, like give up like um, 
traditional Coca-Cola and Pepsi and convert into, let's say, like a Olipop or a Poppy, which is more of like, let's say, like, you know, gut healthy solutions or people choosing to like, you know, have uh, alternate, like, uh, uh, let's say, like uh, products that they consume on a, on a regular basis. Like people gave up like um, chemical first uh soap or hand wash into like organic solutions right so a lot of these transitions happened in the last two years and correct me if i'm wrong away like the fact that did a lot of people choose to try out let's say like uh, products from your side or did, did was there a lot of increase in like traffic itself to your website right like during this particular time for people to try out these kind of things yeah i mean the, the, the past couple of years uh, were a very stressful and i mean they continue to be stressful i don't i don't think building a business is ever easy you know and, and throwing you know like all these you know political changes into the the flow is is not make it any easier you know we opened up a barbershop in august of 2020 which is like oh. who the who the heck is dumb enough to do something like that okay. and uh you know i'm i'm that guy who's who's pretty dumb so um you know the, the, the best businesses are the ones that are going to be able to see opportunities. Uh, you know, really, uh, I, I see business very kind of black and white. It, it comes down to your role as a, a founder or an entrepreneur is to solve problems. And great entrepreneurs are great at prioritizing those problems and then solving them. The problems never end. They absolutely never end while in business. So if you don't like solving problems and you don't have a business, but you think you want to get into business, don't because that's all you're doing for pretty much the rest of your life. Now, if you're drawn to like finding problems, and this is kind of like something that I, I personally struggle with because I, I tend to be like critical. I'm very critical. I see things that are wrong um, with things and it doesn't just focus. Unfortunately, it doesn't just focus on business because if it just focused on business, that would be great, but it, it focuses on people and, and you know, which can kind of like cross the boundaries of you know like being nice to people i want to say i'm addictive to people i'd like to to think that it, the thoughts stay in my head rather than get out there but like that is my skill in life is being able to, to identify problems and see problems everywhere and then you know come up with creative solutions to solve those problems and then the valuation of your business is simply uh, all the problems that you've solved up to this point so uh, solve big problems uh, and your company's going to be worth a lot more. Like Elon Musk, that dude, he's, he's solving some freaking hard problems. Oh, yeah. uh, and the teens at SpaceX and and, uh, and Tesla. And, you know, subsequently his companies are valued at that. My problems, I haven't solved at that magnitude yet. So I'm still working on it. Yeah, it's still a start. Like, like you said, it's still uh, day one, right? So there's a long way to go still. Yeah, you know, I, I, for me, uh, the other thing that I remind myself is there's a lot of entrepreneurs who focus on the destination, the big exit, the big valuation, you know, raising money to, to, to sell or to IPO or whatever it is. And, you know, over the years, uh, we've been in this 10 years, it's like, um, if you focus on the journey, it's just a lot more enjoyable. Like I enjoy, I've enjoyed these past 10 years. Granted, there's been ups and downs along the way, but why would I want to sell? Because what I'm doing is so rewarding to me. Like the, the idea of selling just seems ridiculous. It's like uh, it, and I think, you know, one reminder is 
one of the problems you have to solve as an entrepreneur is your enjoyment in the business. Because if you don't do that, you're, you're not going to want to grow the business. You're going to want to give up. You're going to want to sell. You're going to want to move to to something else where the grass is always greener. So that is a big problem that some people never even identify or see is like, oh, I'm not happy here. How do I solve this problem? And it is a problem that you can't solve. So um, I would encourage you to do that and then just enjoy the journey because who cares? You know, like at the end of the day, you know, like um, enjoying work for 40 years, I think is better than suffering for for 10 years to have one payout for one day and then on to the next thing where you suffer for 10 years and you know you have this cycle of misery and then you know happiness for a month and then misery and then happiness for a month completely agree with you that's true it's like yeah, a lot of people are actually never happy with what they do and and obviously like you know as entrepreneurs like there's a lot of opportunity for change over there too I, i'm sure like you know your team is really motivated and empowered like and, and i did notice that uh your whole um team like most of them have beards and that's pretty cool and like it kind of like connects back into the whole story of it right which is very interesting yeah i mean well half of my team are women so i don't think they would they would appreciate saying that most of, <laughs> but yeah, most of the dudes yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but we also you know like uh some of our competitors you you look at their team members and they're all big and burly and it's like 100 guys and you know, our brand values is, you know, going back to loving the man, looking back at you in the mirror. So if the man that you love doesn't have facial hair and that's what you prefer, we support that. We're not one of these like hyper-masculine brands that's like grow, grow a beard, be a man. If everyone who doesn't grow a beard, they're, they're women. Da, da, da. Like we don't play that game at all. You know, like we are very much focused on the individual and there are, you know, what, 7 billion people on the earth. So there's going to be 7 billion different preferences. And, and to say that it, there's one better way than the other is just ridiculous. So, you know, we, we always go back to that individual and how we can support the individual. And, and I think that the way to do that is by helping them along their journey in the way, being okay with however it turns out uh whether it is bearded or, or not bearded or you know bald head or long hair or whatever that journey you're right you're right 100 like, like, i'm able to connect everything back into like what you told in the start of the conversation right it's all about like value for the community member as such so that's that's really cool uh, going into the concept like you know building out a brand right i'm sure like you started out by yourself but over time like you built a team right so how was it building a team and who are the initial people who you know were a part of the team and how's it been through that journey yeah i mean it's uh one of my worst skill sets is hiring and managing so i've learned a lot through uh plenty and many mistakes over the years i'm very fortunate that i have two business partners who are uh flat out amazing they are you know you could probably attribute 100 of the success to Uh, our partnerships and our ability to to solve problems and and be philosophically aligned to to build this business uh with a shared vision um so Jeremy and Lindsay have been there since day one and we got lucky with a couple of the early hires uh that that really fit the core values despite our our poor hiring practice and then from there we've gotten really purposeful there's a There's two two resources that we lean on heavily. So for hiring, there's this concept called top grading and uh, the 30 second commercial is basically 
every step of the interview process, you tell the candidates that you're going to be doing a reference check. Uh, and that's a good way to kind of filter out the, the C and below players. And then at the end of the, the hiring process, you, you do a reference check. Um, so I think a, a lot of companies don't even bother with reference checks anymore. And then, uh, from a management standpoint, we integrated uh, traction or EOS entrepreneurship operating system. And that's been really helpful for us to just kind of have uh, key performance indicators and, uh, you know, clear guidance and expectations for what the company is going to be doing on a quarterly basis and, and really trying to get the entire team working down uh, the right pathway. It's of my belief that like four to five employees is this really magical spot where everyone can kind of just know what's going on without structure. You don't need to have meetings. You just kind of talk. And, uh, but once you pass that, you start needing to have a little more structure. And I'm like me and, and of course my business partner, Lindsay as well, we just hate structure. You know, we hate meetings. We hate, you know, all the friggin' corporate stuff, but, but as much as we hate it, um, the team needs it yeah. uh, for them to be successful in their roles and to know what to accomplish. So, you know, you kind of have to, to either get people in place who can, can build that structure and maintain that structure, or you're going to have to roll up the sleeves and, and kind of do it yourself. Yeah. It's, it's about empowering the team and guiding them to do the right things. Right. And which like what you mentioned, I mean, it's not just about what the company wants, but also about like what they as an individual want and connecting it back together. That's, that's, that's really great because it's always about like, you know, the top line and the bottom line for companies. I mean, even though they do say that, Hey, you know, like we are employee first, like we care about them. And I mean, yes, there's a lot of like, you know, jargon that gets thrown around over there, but very rare do we find like where companies actually say that, you know, I want every person to be an entrepreneur at the end of the day, which, which like the kind of system that you have over there is uh, really beautiful. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, uh, I, I think my employees would be a, a better judge for how good it is. You know, of course, the, the entrepreneur, I'm always going to say it's the best place to work. Uh, and I bias because, you know, I built it in a way that I enjoy it, but, but when we do find the right, and this really goes down to the importance of, of finding who, someone who aligns with your core values. When we find someone who values, uh, or, or works the same way that, that, that the company operates, they can't imagine working anywhere else. Like here at Beard Brand, they have like total autonomy to kind of do the things that they want to do the way they want to do it. There's no you know, there's no micromanagement and there's very little management. And that has a lot to do with the fact that I just hate management. I don't want to tell you what to do. I don't want to tell you how to do it. Um, if I'm telling you what to do, then you're not the right fit in the company. The right fit of the company will understand the things that need to get done. And then you'll figure out how to get it done. And uh, so, you know, it is really hard to find those type of people because I think public schools here in America really tell people to just follow instructions and you'll do a good job. So you get like these really, you know, like smart people, like even end up as like doctors and, and uh, you know, PhDs and prestigious things who literally cannot think for themselves. They can only like regurgitate the things that they've learned and they don't know how to seek information. They don't know how to solve problems. It's just like really smart people, but all you know how to do is, you know, essentially be a, a dictionary or a Wikipedia of information. And it's like, <laughs> that's not the type of, of person that I want to hire at Beard Frame. It's true. 
I mean, that's completely true. I mean, no, no part of having all the knowledge and not being able to take action, right? That clearly doesn't serve any purpose at all. I, I really like the part where you also mentioned about like, uh, uh, you know, like the whole concept of like validation of who you hire. I think that really does play a long way because I think I've done that mistake also like a couple of times, like where I get so excited when I meet someone, like, I mean, people talk really well, right? And they probably have us uh, excited about the whole idea of hiring them. And then sometimes you do tend to miss out on those basic checkpoints, which actually goes a long way. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, top grading was um, the the tool that unwraps what the person really is because the, the key top grading interview, uh, the way we do it is we look at the, the three most recent jobs and we ask them the exact same 10 questions over again. Uh, for, for example, one of the questions is, how is your boss going to uh, describe you when we call them up for the reference check? And then we call the, 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 the boss and we confirm that. Uh, and then another good question that we'd like to ask is, what can the boss do to improve uh, as a boss? And what we're looking for is any kind of trend. So if like every company they work for, they say, oh, my boss was a terrible communicator. Oh, this boss was also a terrible communicator. And oh, this boss was, chances are that three of your bosses weren't terrible communicators, that it probably was you who was a terrible communicator. So you're able to really kind of identify any kind of like themes that happen among uh, work because, you know, d despite uh, the stock market past performance at companies is usually a pretty good indicator of, of success um, in your role. So uh, top grading. Yeah. If you, if you haven't read that over uh, or, or looked into the, the, the system, I would I check it out. And I'm going to add that to like, you know, as like a reading material also, like when we, publish this podcast because I think that will be easy for them to like, you know, click and check out also. Interesting. Um, so Eric, I mean, curious to know about your story uh, with regard to like Shark Tank, right? I mean, how was the experience? Because I've kind of like noticed a trend that like off late, a lot of B2C uh, companies are getting funded in Shark Tank off lately, right? And like, what is the whole experience of that whole process? And like, how was it? Yeah, I mean, Shark Tank, uh, we were on in, in 2014. So if you, you haven't seen it by now, uh, I don't care about spoiling it. But, you know, we, we didn't get any offers. Uh, so there's no deals to, to negotiate or turn down. And, um, you know, I don't know how much of the show still does the things that they did with us. We were season six as they do now. But it was very stressful. You know, like you're the, the biggest stress isn't so much that you're pitching in front of, you know, six investors, which I, I feel like I could handle just fine. But it's that if you screw up or they find a hole, they're doing it in front of 7 million people. So like the, the stakes are very high. Uh, I feel very confident uh, on our time at Shark Tank that, that we were a well-performing company. Um, so I wasn't really too concerned with them. Like, talking smack about our growth or what we're doing in our marketplace. And, um, but yeah, Shark Tank as an organization and the people who produce the show, they're very transparent. They're very upfront. They're, they're very thorough. They, they coach you along the way. They set expectations really well. Uh, so nothing but um, positive things to say about uh, the, the team over at Shark Tank and being on the show and being able to, to pitch them. And then of course the Sharks too. I think they're really doing a great thing in terms of entrepreneurship and helping people see opportunities out there and kind of 
learn uh, I, through entertainment, learn about different businesses and, you know, what success looks like and, and what it doesn't look like. That's like hundred percentage on that. Like, because I kind of feel that Shark Tank has actually helped want a lot of people to become entrepreneurs. It's kind of like accelerated that, uh, uh, let's say like flywheel of sorts, right? So I, I think that's that's interesting because I, I kind of believe in the concept that more entrepreneurs, more success for any kind of like country itself. So I think that's really cool over there on that side. But I mean, but, but my whole point is why I even want to ask the question is because I, I kind of feel that people get carried away by this whole concept of like, you know, less the Shark Tank does add to a lot of advantage to like, you know, PR or even like for people who don't get like the opportunity to get funded by then they still get benefited out of it. Like people still, the traffic goes up, people still buy, people still try out, right? I mean, there are benefits to it, but, but like you said, right? I mean, it shouldn't be like a obligation of pressure to be funded or there is no need to like, let's say, say that, hey, I want outside capital to grow. You can still do a lot of things by just by yourself being bootstrapped and like, Again, it's kind of like ideology again, right? Like, and and I think there's no uh, right or wrong to it. And 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 building bootstrap companies are beautiful. And, and seeing what you've done with your team is just amazing. And and I'm sure, like like you said, it's just the start of the journey. And and I really can't wait to see like where you guys go in the next coming couple of years. Yeah, I mean that's the the beauty of of business. Just echoing what you said is like. It is, uh, there is no singular right or wrong way. There's so many different ways of doing it. Uh, you know, and I, I'd also add about Shark Tank, you know, like they make it seem like if you're on Shark Tank, it's an automatic overnight success. And there's certainly a lot of awareness and PR that you get from Shark Tank, but there's a lot of companies that were on the show and are now out of business. So it's not this golden ticket that uh, they necessarily make it seem, but it is, you know, it is a, like a, a head of sugar uh, or like a, a line of Coke, if, if that's what you're into. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> so, uh, Eric, how's the uh, retail game looking like? Like, what's the idea there and how's that being planned out? Yeah, I mean, uh, of course, every company uh, has its own battles and, and the changes with uh, Apple iOS 14. Uh, is playing a big effect in, in how people are reaching out to their audience. We feel we're very fortunate that we we developed a pretty strong organic uh, or several organic channels that kind of like soften the blow uh, with the the poor performance of Facebook. We've we pulled off of Facebook, and I know a lot of other brands are pulling off of Facebook as well. So there's going to be this. I, I feel like we're in the middle of this transition where. A lot of DTC brands and e-commerce companies are trying to figure out how to acquire customers in a profitable and sustainable way. So there's probably going to be a lot of drive towards, you know, traditional uh, marketing channels like direct mail or radio or TV, um, print, uh, and then, you know, banner ads, um, influencers, affiliate networks, uh, word of mouth referrals. Uh, there's just so many different channels out there that people just kind of was like, ah, I'm just going to go to Facebook. Uh, I think a lot of people who probably leaned heavily on Facebook, their, their easier route is going to TikTok or Snapchat or, you know, like the other social media platforms. But, you know, I just wonder if we might be in this transitionary period where social media, as we know, it has essentially peaked and we're going to move more towards like a distributed social media where 
you know, like beard brand, we have the Alliance as a private community of like-minded people. And, uh, the guys just come to the Alliance. They don't bother with Facebook anymore. And there's many communities like, uh, Alliance, there's NFT communities where people are now spending their time and energy on these micro communities rather than this, you know, mega platform that accumulates all your different friends into one certain place. Yeah, there's been a huge uptick in like such communities like uh, like you know starting out and like going about. I mean, Texas is seeing a lot of it. There's a lot in California, Florida too, for sure. New York, obviously, like yes, there's a lot. It's it's a very interesting like to see you know like I mean a community is not just necessarily like a billion people right to be a part of it like the social network, but but even like ten thousand people, twenty thousand people coming together and being a part of a community is still a community that can like grow and. I really love the word where you said that, you know, your organic distribution channels, right? Like it's, it's something that a lot of, you know, brands out there are going to be, like, I'm sure that a lot of brands envy this from you. I'm sure Gillette is envying this from you hundred percentage because obviously like you built it out, like in a very soft It's, um, I mean, but, but kind of the conversation topic of about, um, like yes people are giving up on facebook people are giving up on like let's say uh uh paid acquisition right like i mean yes you've had the advantage of starting out early you've built it out long back itself but what would be your 101 for someone today who wants to start out a community from scratch like how should they be going about with it without depending on just like facebook ads yeah i mean i, I know nothing about their customers so i would say it's entirely customer dependent and, and where your customers are. That, that is your goal as a founder is to figure out where the heck your customers are, are hanging out and then try to be in front of them as much as possible. So if they're hanging out on Facebook, then probably want to build a Facebook group. Uh, if, if uh, you know, they're very independent people, maybe you need to, to build an email newsletter. Uh, if they're kind of, a, um, you know, technology, technologically forward, maybe you create an nft and you bring them together through that <laughs> nft you know like there's just there's a lot of different ways to do it there's no i mean i would love to tell you there's one way to do it but it goes back to building the business there is no one way and the thing that i always recommend is when you get faced with you know the the options for how you grow your company think about the things that you personally enjoy the most because that's going to allow you to sustain uh, the misery that comes along with building a business and persevere through. So if you're like a writer, think about doing writing things like newsletters and blogs and, and, uh, writing a book or something like that. But if you're, um, you know, a photographer, then like Instagram and these are like go towards the platforms that you're most drawn towards based on your inherent skills and your inherent passions, because that's going to be the thing that, that will be more sustainable voice, radio, podcasting. You know, those are all different options that you could could go to depending on on your talent and skill. And and I think like a lot of uh, founders, maybe a little more introverted, and they're kind of like quick to say, "Oh, I don't want to be the brand of the face." Or da da da. And I'm like, well, of all these different ways, like your your role is to to be you know the the leader of your company, the vision of your company. Like you have to do that, and you have to find the way, the channel that you can get that out. And uh, maybe it is just to your customers, but, or excuse me, to your employees. Um, but if you can also share that vision with your customers as well, I feel like it just builds a much stronger bond. And guys like Elon uh, are a perfect example of, of how you can build that brand around yourself and your companies. 
That's so true. That that's real. And there's nothing wrong in like you know wanting to have the you know the person leading to be the face of the brand. I mean, it's I mean why not like. the best feeling is being your own brand ambassador right rather than trying to bring someone else on board but yeah but that's that's really uh, fascinating to see elon musk i mean it's so cool that he's not even spent a single marketing dollar to acquire customers and tesla has so much of like you know like pending sign ups to close for new cars which is well well to be fair he spent plenty of money in marketing just not on advertising so uh they are master marketers i i think they they do a wonderful job with their their marketing strategies uh, and they're very clearly, you know, uh, thought out strategies but uh yeah it's nice to not have to to buy ads and you know we're we're kind of hoping to to be that type of a company as well but it's hard you know as a small small business to get that voice out that's true i agree with you yeah that's great So Eric, I mean, like, yes, we did cover a lot of interesting uh, topics, you know, ranging from how you started out and hurdles, and then like even all the way up to customer acquisition. I, I mean, I really want to go into more questions, but but like, you know, would love to like, you know, uh, like probably plan a part two where we can probably like, you know, go into more about like customer acquisition and hurdles and how to go about it in the next. How is twenty twenty two going to look like? And would love to hear your input on that. So we should plan out for that. And thank you so much for your. time today we really like appreciate it and like a lot of great pointers and uh, even from a standpoint as an entrepreneur like i think there's a lot for me to learn from how you built a community and i, I think the core takeaway over here this whole conversation is all about value for the customer and that's what matters so yeah <laughs> thank yeah, you yeah thanks for having me on it was a great great a uh, great time and hopefully the listeners were able to to get a little bit of value uh, from from the conversation as well You're you're just being too humble and nice. That's not like little. There was a lot of value to take back from that. But yeah, thank you, thank you, Eric. Yeah. Thanks. Cheers. Thank you for joining us and listening to our podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode. To know more about Almond, click almond.io. Subscribe to our podcast. Goodbye. Until next time. Yeah.